Amen. Return to your seats if you wish. Amen. Turn our Bibles to John chapter 4. Amen. I'm glad to be a part of it. I wouldn't miss it for the, for the world. That's right. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place like the house of God. Amen. And of course, we are missing Pastor and Sister Reagan. Amen. They were planning on being here tonight. Uh, I think that there were just some that he had, I'm trying to remember all the things that he had to do. But I know at least, well, he preached on Friday night. I'm not sure if they preached on Saturday, but he preached twice on Sunday. Got up at 5 o'clock on Monday morning, taught, and then on Monday evening had to preach. And then Tuesday morning at 5 o'clock this morning, again was up teaching. And then his original plan was to drive in this afternoon, be in service with us tonight. And um, they were on their way home. They decided to stop off at Sister Riggins' house, which is on the northern part of Texas. And so that's uh, Sister Riggins' parents' house. So uh, we're missing Pastor tonight. Amen. But we, per- we understand perfectly. Amen. And uh, we know that he's with us. He would be here if he could. Amen. John chapter some point, if he's not right now, I uh, want to uh, give him honor and appreciate his confidence and asking me to take care of the service in his absence. Amen. I'm just going to do my best. That's all I can do. Amen. And uh, if you can help me, that would be a lot better. It, I promise. If, if uh, I've always heard teamwork makes the dream work. So let's be a team. What do you say? <laughs> uh, John chapter 4. Verses 31 through 33. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. And Jesus responded to this request by these men. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Is any man, is anybody, did somebody slip by us and... You know, the story here is Jesus goes to the city of Samaria, just on the outskirts there, and a young lady was there drawing water, and Jesus sent the disciples into town and said, go get us some food, I'm hungry. And while they were in town, he was out of town. How many of you know that the best things happen out of town? (laughs) In the woods, in the campground. (laughs) That That was a really golf joke. That was a joke that probably only Brother Goff appreciated. <laughs> Maybe some of the other men appreciated that one too. But uh, um, So the, the disciples were in town, supposed to be getting meat for Jesus at direct request from Jesus. But when they got back with the food, Jesus eat. And he goes, sorry guys, I already ate. And uh, what in the world? So why don't we pray and ask the Lord to help us tonight, open our minds, open our eyes to receive and, and uh, receive what he has for us tonight, and uh, anoint my lips. Could you pray for me, church? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. Pray that you would open my heart. I want to deliver what you placed upon my heart. I pray, Lord, that you do justice, God, to your word. God, I trust fully in you. Know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or even think. 
God, I know that you, something special, Lord, in this service, if I can get out of the way, God, you'd have your perfect way tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. You could be seated tonight. And uh, I, I was, I actually taught this morning, too, to a group in Africa, and um, at 7.30, I was not nearly as early as Pastor Reagan, Pastor's at 5, so I got, to, I got to sleep in two and a half hours longer than he did, but uh, uh, actually, I was up listening to him, but those men that the only, like, point of reference, the only connection that they had to me, Brother Larson, was that screen and those speakers that they were listening to me through. And, and they didn't have the convenience that we have tonight of, you know, me being in. And so I didn't have the, the benefits of being able to look at their faces and see how uh, what I was saying was hitting them. And letting, I generally miss that anyhow because when I'm up here, I'm very uh, singular-minded. But I appealed to them and asked them to listen past the speakers, and look through that, then they might gain something. If they couldn't do that, then all they're doing is just hearing another dude talk. And so that's what I like. I like to make that appeal to you, church, that if you could look past the me and listen past my voice, uh, then maybe you'll get something. <laughs> listen to the word of God. Listen to the principles, the spirit behind what's being said, and maybe you can take something home tonight. I really do feel like the Lord spoke to me Sunday afternoon, or if he didn't speak to me, uh, I was really impressed about what to preach tonight. And two words came to mind in prayer Sunday afternoon, um, and that was harvest season. And um, I know that's not the title tonight, but I was pressed to use that title. But I um, I, I want to just bring your attention, church, to the to the really the the season of time that this church is entering into. We'll talk more about this in just a moment, Amen. But harvest season is not a time where you can sleep in if you're working on a farm. I text mom before church tonight to confirm because I thought she grew up on a farm and she said she did, Amen. But there, I, I know some men who have farms and they they tell me that. The, the thing that drives the clock or the time, the, the, uh, the, the, the thing that really drives them during that particular period of the year is the harvest itself. Sometimes they're waking up at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning and they're not going to bed until midnight or 1 o'clock with only a couple of hours of sleep and then they're up in the morning and hidden again just getting bare minimum uh, rest, rest and uh, restoration for their bodies so that they can go out and hit it hard the next day. And all the year, all the year that whatever, depending on whatever farm that they have is spent, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but just log this in the back of your mind and we'll talk, come back to this in just a moment. But um, the whole year, Sister Lydia, is spent in preparation for this period of time, this window of time. All year, they are, they're cleaning up equipment, they're maintaining the farm, they, they're making sure that everything's in good operating order so that when they crank the key and the engines, everything fires up as it should, they, they have minimal downtime during harvest season. And when harvest season is upon them, every minute counts, every moment counts. And it's all hands on deck. 
It's not just a one-man show. Usually the whole family's out there. Daddy, grandpa, sons, and even grandsons if they're around. Amen, if, if they're able. It's usually a family affair. It's not just one man over here, but it, it, it runs in the family. Amen, do you understand what I'm saying here tonight? Amen, that, that this is, it, it is, it's not a time to be lazy. It's not a time to just waste your time, but, but every moment counts. And, and, and so we'll talk about that in just a moment. I, we, tonight, uh, you may have heard the very, a variation of the saying, uh, eat breakfast like a king or lunch like a prince and dinner like a pauper. Um, I, I want to ask you tonight, what is that phrase? What is that, uh, that statement trying to convey? Almost certainly you've heard this other statement when referring to somebody really enjoying food. They are, they're dining like a king. Or perhaps a more common phrase around here, at least I heard more commonly, is uh, they're eating high on the hog. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, basically that just means that they've got the, the more expensive cut of the, of the pig. And so um, and Bishop Briggan has talked about kind of the subject that I'm talking about tonight in his message, uh, uh, the house of bread or going back to the house of bread, uh, talking about the city of Bethlehem and how that city, the definition, the name of the city means house of bread and church. Amen. It is our obligation to deliver the bread to the city, the bread of life to the city of Olathe. Amen. No doubt kings have, eat, uh, have each meal served. Amen. Not only meeting their needs, but also whatever desires that they have, whatever, in, whatever specific wants and cravings that they have, the chef is made aware of. And those, those desires, not just needs, you understand, not just the, the mere nutrition, but he's also getting what he wants. And so I want to talk to you tonight on the subject, the king's meat. Um, Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 through 8 says, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. He said, don't just go pick anybody. I want you to pick the best of the best. Those that, have, that are cunning in knowledge, they're understanding science. They, they have the ability to stand and, and behave properly in the king's palace. All right? in whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. Verse 5, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. So the king said, all these guys, these, these highfalutin individuals, I, I can almost guarantee that I probably would not be in the group that the, the king was asking for that day. But those smart guys, uh, he said, give them of the king's meat. Whatever I have on, on the menu, I want you to prep that for the, this group of people. The wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. 
Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he, he, named, he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, I want you to sit down. At, sit down at the king's table. We've got the best meat available. And then the guys sit down at the table and they push away the plate and they're not interested. They're not interested in the best. Why? I, I, I mean, if I was in that situation, unless I had dietary restrictions, I think that I would probably be participating in what everybody else is doing. But you have to understand the mindset that Daniel and those other men had when they sat down at that table. That I'm not going to just eat what any old man serves me. I've got restrictions. I've got a commitment. I've got a personal vow and commitment to God. And I'm not going to just accept whatever's put out before me, but I'm going to be very specific with what I'm eating. I'm eating a higher king's meat. I'm eating the meat of the king of kings. All right? And so, um, Daniel is thinking, you don't know what it's like to dine at the king's meat, the king of kings meat table. Old Nebuchadnezzar might be thinking he's dining, dining high on the hog, but give me some pulse and water. Amen. Daniel is satisfied with just the meager, more uh, basic elements of, of food because, because he had meat that the king didn't know about. He had, he had a diet that he was consuming, amen, that was that was better than what was being put on the table before him. Amen. I'm pretty sure those servants were scratching their heads just like the disciples the day when Jesus said, said uh, I have meat that you know not of. Amen. Don't you understand, Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and don't you understand what we put on the table? This is the best. Best in the land. We, we went to great lengths to make sure that your portion was sufficient. That you had more than enough. That, that the food, but this, now just give me some water and some pulse. That'll be enough. I've got some kind of meat that you don't know about. All right? Amen. The prince of the, the eunuchs, verse 10 of Daniel chapter 1, said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed me your, your meat and your drink. He told me to do this. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which, you, which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, uh, whom the prince of the eunuch had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. Give us ten days. Give me pulse to eat, water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. As thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. All right, bet. 
as Brother Jerome likes to say. Let's see. Let's see the results. Pulse and water, I do not see how this is going to work. One plus one still equals two. Verse 15, and at the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Come to find out, Daniel and these other men did have meat that the servants didn't know about. And the best that the world has to offer pales in comparison to, the, to even the worst that is on offer in the king's house. Hey, they were in the king's palace. They were in the king of that King Nebuchadnezzar. They were serving the, the, the earthly king. Amen. They were servants to the earthly king, handpicked by the earthly king. Amen. But they had a prior commitment. Amen. They had already made commitments and they were already dining at another king's table and they were already fulfilled. Oh, you're going to. Bear with me tonight. Just give me a little bit of time. I, I know we're going a little slow. Amen. Primarily because I don't want to blow my voice before I get to the main point. But uh, we've heard that statement. My worst day living for God is better than my best day living for the world. And how many feel that way tonight? Amen. You couldn't, you couldn't trade me, Brother Nelson. You couldn't, you couldn't make the, the offer good enough. I, I love living for God. Amen. I love having this genuine victory. Great things indeed are happening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He was, Daniel was filling up somewhere else. Daniel chapter 6 and 10. I'll submit to you where Daniel found his meal. Now when Daniel knew that was, uh, that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Amen. He was, he was not ashamed, amen, to get down on his knees in the midst of a backslidden heathen and pagan society, amen, and say, I know whom I serve. Amen. It isn't this fallen king, amen, who may have golden palaces and golden bricks in his homes, but I'm telling you, I'm serving an eternal king, amen, the king's king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't need church. Let me just compel you for a moment. Uh, amen. Don't settle. Amen. For these temporary goods. Uh, don't settle. Amen. For the things that are here on earth. Uh, amen. Daniel had an understanding. Amen. You can read about it in the later portions uh, of Daniel. We might get there a little bit later. Amen. But he, amen. He had a vision well beyond, uh, amen, what, where he was at in Babylon. I said he had a vision that went way beyond, amen, the next few years, amen, in his service for that temporary king, amen, but he was looking to the eternal king, amen, and to a one amen, who was king over all kings, amen, who, who reigned in heaven above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are multitudes that are in need of that kind of refreshment. There are 
I feel the burden of the word of the Lord right now. I'm telling you that there are, there are innumerable numbers, amen, of people, amen, in this city alone, amen, that, that need the sustenance that Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, amen, wouldn't settle for anything, but they would, they knew, amen, that if you just give me the meat and the pulse, amen, I've got what I need. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities. Imagine what Jesus, he's going in through all the cities, all the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The Bible says he's preaching. I'm trying to I'm trying to let anybody know that will listen. I mean, he's going to every city, every village, teaching. I mean, there's synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Child of God, I know, amen, that, that, we, we are, uh, that we may not have seen any healings in recent weeks, but we're a part of a church, uh, amen, where that we know if we come here to this place and lift our hands in faith, uh, amen, those same healings and diseases, uh, amen, that Jesus performed and, and the miracles that Jesus performed can take place in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I don't, uh, I think it's absolutely important that we don't settle for less. That we don't, uh, we don't grow satisfied with some cheap portion. Amen. Let's, let's get the whole thing. Let's order the whole meal. Let's get a part. Let's, let's eat the whole thing. Hallelujah. Don't just leave that on the side of the plate. Amen. But dip your fork in that and, and come on, consume that because it's available. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus went preaching the gospel, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Amen. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. He saw the multitudes, Brother Larson. He looked across the fields and saw the new, whoa, there's a lot of people. And he had compassion. Why? Why, did he, why was he moved with compassion? Because they fainted. They were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. These were lost sheep. These were scattered hearts. These were fainting souls. Hallelujah. Amen. While Jesus was teaching and preaching and healing, amen, he started to accumulate this multitude. Amen. When the body of Christ, the church, is functioning like he designed it to function, amen, we will start to attract that kind of a multitude. Hey, I'll say that again. I, I'm, not, I'm not nervous about that kind of... You might, you might think that, well... We've been doing that. We, we've had that for, I'm, I'm talking about an unrestrained, unfiltered, uh, amen, unlimited move of the Holy Ghost. Amen, where we're not restraining God by our flesh and our human ability, but God just has his way. Amen, where there's no restraints, there's no limitations. And when we come into prayer and we just earnestly seek God's face and, and don't misunderstand. 
understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you're not doing that, but I'm, I'm telling you tonight that if we could go perhaps a step further, amen, that there are things yet to be seen in the true church. Hallelujah. When we as the body of Christ, uh, amen, God's own body, God's functioning body in this world, we are the apparatus through which he operates. If he wants to do anything in this world, he chose us. Hallelujah. He's using us. He called us. Amen. Do you understand that? God himself, he is separate. We just went in, in Africa, the, the two-day conference that Pastor and Brother Stewart uh, was, was organizing. It was on the topic of holiness. And I can't remember who said it, but it struck me. Amen. God is separate. His being is separate. Amen. There's nothing that, that we can think of, amen, that is more different than we are. We're flesh. We have failed. God's spirit. He's perfect. Amen. You can, uh, you can go down the list. Every attribute that, that describes God, amen, seems to set him further and further away from us. Amen. But why did he say in 1 Corinthians uh, 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 to, to call us out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. He's calling us from where we are in our current condition, in our own life, in our flesh. Uh, amen. To somehow get beyond this world. Somehow get beyond our flesh uh, and get closer to him to become separate. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I imagine, amen, the scene that we just described as Jesus standing up, uh, perhaps wiping the sweat from his eyes in that wilderness, uh, amen, from his forehead. He looks ahead and he sees, uh, amen, the crowd, that congregation, that multitude, not just of individuals, but these are individuals who have fainted. He looked beyond their faces. He saw their fainting heart, who's moved with compassion because he saw that they were scattered as sheep that didn't have a shepherd. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted, were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37, then saith he unto his disciples. Almost, I could... As, as I'm imagining it in my mind, almost instinctively, as soon as he sees this, the thought occurs to him, and he returns to his disciples, and he says, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his Harvest. Harvest is plain. There's so much out. Do you see the multitude? Do you see the harvest? Do you see the, the group of people that are following us? Right now, I mean, this is the reason he gave us miracles. This is the reason he gave us the truth, uh, was to attract, uh, to, to go beyond just the attraction. But, but one part of the, the reason that he gave us this was to attract the attention of those who would not otherwise gain our, that would not otherwise give us their attention. You can read about it. in First Corinthians, I believe it's 14, where he said, uh, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit. He gave them to us so that folks would believe. 
the miracles, the things that God has given us. It's not so we can talk about how great we are, make a name for ourselves, all these things, but it's so that others can see and hear and talk about and know about and believe, amen, just like we do. Hallelujah. How do you think Azusa was so successful? Amen. Newspapers were writing about it. Not because of William Seymour or Charles Parham. Amen. But because of the things that God was doing. Amen. The miracles that God was doing. Amen. The things that God was doing. The, I'm telling you, the healings, the, the miracles, the deliverances. Uh, amen. The, the miraculous things that God was doing. Amen. The purpose, uh, amen, was to attract more. Amen. God's not satisfied with just a handful. Amen. God's not satisfied with city. What he wants is the entire nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, do you see the multitude? Look out there. Amen. They're wide and ready to harvest. Hallelujah. 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 There's plenty. 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 There's plenty of fruit on the vine. Somebody get into the vineyard. Help me, God. Don't let me pass by another fruit bearing vine. God, don't let me pass by another fruit bearing tree. Oh, God, God, I'm talking about the king's meat tonight. Jesus said, harvest is plenty. There's plenty. Harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. There's not a lot. There's not enough on this farm. There's not enough in the field. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's not enough time on the clock. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. Hallelujah. John chapter 15, verse 8. Bible says, herein, Jesus speaking, is my Father glorified. This is what brings glory to God. That ye bear much fruit. That ye, that I, Jared Caleb Hilton, bear much fruit. You want to glorify God? You want to honor God? You want to bring glory to Him? It's our responsibility, amen, to go and grab and bear and harvest whatever we got to do. He goes, so shall ye be my disciples. They're frauds if they don't bear fruit. That's what Jesus, this is how you will be my disciples. That you bear much fruit. In fact, the principle has been embedded in the world and in God's creation from the very beginning. We can talk about it, Genesis 1, 11 through 12. I'm not going to take the time to go through all that. I'm running out of time. Amen. But you, Jesus, or God, when he created uh, the earth, he brought forth grass, herb yielding seed, and fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind. So, whose seed is in itself. And he goes on, herb, the herb yielding seed after his kind. Amen. And, and a number of times, you just read through the first chapter of Genesis. Every time God created something, he required it to create 
fruit after its kind. So why do we think it's any different with us when he got to day six and said, I'm going to create some men. I want them to reproduce. In fact, he commanded us to. Verse 28, God blessed them, Genesis chapter 1, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish. The word replenish means to make full, to fill the earth. I believe God is talking about more than just the biological process here. I think he's talking about, I want you, amen, to make, to bear fruit after your kind. When you're in church, when you're coming to church, you're faithfully living for God. And this was, this was a tenet of, of Judaism, very strong. They, they were very adamant about uh, replication, about replenishing the earth, about multiplying, being fruitful in, the, uh, in, in human sense. But, but I believe that God and, and the Jews are, are a typology of the church. And so us... By proxy of this command, we ought to understand that we are to be, this is the direct command from God, to be fruitful, to multiply and replenish, or to make full. We're not done until it's full. And I'm not just talking about this building. I'm not just talking about a structure that we design. I'm talking about until his will is fulfilled. Amen. Until he is Done. We'll talk about this. I, I, we're going at a kind of a slow pace. Sister uh, Jasmine, we're probably going to skip a large portion of this, so just ride with me if you can. Since our creation, God has expected us to be fruitful. In fact, when he cleansed the earth, he gave the same command to Noah, just to remind him. I, I didn't change my mind. From day one, I wanted you guys to be fruitful and multiply. And on this day, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. It's the will of God for his people to bear much fruit. I submit to you that that is the thing that will fill you up and that will ultimately fulfill the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something that you have to know about when it comes to the king's meat. It's not something that you can go to the grocery store and buy. You can't pick it up next town. doesn't matter where you look in Kansas City. They don't sell it. It's not even harvested out in the Great Plains of Kansas. Can't, you can't find it in the ground. When it's harvested and brought in, however, the king of kings is satisfied. And the laborer is fulfilled. It doesn't matter if they're, and let me actually go a step beyond this. If we're going to take this metaphor all the way to its conclusion. Even the fruit itself is fulfilled. It doesn't matter if it's an overripe fruit laying on the ground tossed to the side from the world. If we come in as the labor of God, come in there and harvest that fruit, he can come in and give it new life. Even the castaways, you hear me? Even the ones that the world throws away. 
Even the ones that are falling in between the groves and falling on the ground. We can go and harvest those still and bring them in once they're buried in that precious blood. It's cleansed, amen, and it's made into a new creature. Amen. Thousands of years later, Jesus, when Jesus, uh, thousands of years later, Jesus ran into a woman at one of the wells that was dug up by the old patriarchs, Abraham and Isaac. Amen. I'm referencing some of the stuff that I skipped over here. Uh, But I want you to notice how the Bible refers to it. John chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Then, and Sister Jasmine, I jumped down quite a bit, as you can probably tell. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Verse 9. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Samaritan woman, I've got meat that you don't know about. I've got living water. This is, not, this is not about the water in that well. This is not about Jacob. This is not about who your ancestors are. You could read that story. Very interesting story. There's a very strong contention between Samaria, to the, between the Samaritans and the Jews. I don't want to take too much time, but that's the reason why this woman was, was wondering, why, Jesus, are you even talking to me? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And Jesus responded and said, you're missing the point. You, you, you don't understand what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here. I've got something. I've, there's more than what meets the eye right now. I've got living water available for you. This is not about a cool glass of water. Amen. On a dinner table. Amen. This is not about the uncomfortable exchange between the Jew and the Samaritan. This is about the king's meat. Oh, Samaritan woman, I'm letting you in on a little secret. I want you to realize what's avail- what I can make available to you right now. Woman saith unto him, Sir, verse 11, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? He said, she goes on to say, Art thou greater than our father Abraham? Oh, she's, she stepped in it now. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Woman had no idea who she was talking to, but Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He found someone that had been drinking from the well of Jacob, but he wanted to offer her from the well of everlasting life. Amen. He was stepping into that vineyard. Amen. Saying, uh, uh, saying, looks like there's some fresh, ripe fruit laying in this vineyard. Amen. Listen to me. This, this, uh, what I'm referring to there is, is the city of Samaria. It was a castaway. The Jews didn't want anything to do with it. In fact, when they tried to go to the other side of the country, they would literally walk all the way around the city of Samaria. 
They did not want anything to do just because of the chance that they would come in contact with the Samaritan. But Jesus said, I'm going right down that corn row. I'm going to go pick up some fruit that everybody else is walking right past. I'm going to go harvest some fruit for the master, for the king. Amen. In fact, uh, amen, there was such a bountiful harvest in this vineyard that he sent his disciples in to harvest it. John chapter 4, verse 8, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. I can't help but wonder if Jesus was kind of playing on words there when he told the disciples, hey, go into town and get some meat. I wonder if he had something in the back of his mind. Maybe him and Peter had a discussion a while ago about the king's meat. Or, or maybe him and Andrew had talked about it amen, for a little bit. But whatever the case was, he told these men, go into town. and Jesus and this woman are having revival outside of town. And the disciples are lost in Samaria trying to find a slab of meat. John chapter 4 verse 28 picks up in our text. Woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all the things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the Oh, I'm telling you, Jesus didn't have to perform a miracle. Just his words alone. Amen. When he preached the truth to that woman on the well, amen, these women, the, the women had connections in the city and they weren't the right kind of connections. But whatever connections she had, she used it. And she reached out and said, come and see the one that told me everything that you and I know is right. He knew I didn't have to tell him a thing. Amen. Child of God, that's what it's like when we come into the house of God. I, I get amazed, honestly. I grew up in, in the apostolic truth, and thank God I'm grateful for it. Amen. But I, I'm so amazed and astonished at some visitors when they come into the house of God, and they are amazed. At, Man, did you tell Pastor Riggin what we were talking about? Did, uh, did, did somebody tell him? I've literally been asked that question in recent weeks. Did, did you tell him? No, no. I, I, that, that's not the way we operate around here. But I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost told him. That's just the way it works. Amen. God knows what you're going through. And you don't have to tell me a thing. You don't have to tell pastor a thing. God is, knows exactly where you're at and what you're going through. Amen. And he will send men into the city. He'll send men into your heart. Men into your home. Amen. He will send them to you with the word. Hallelujah. 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 Come see a man which told me all the things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Verse 31. In the meantime, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. He said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples to one, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? What kind of meat is Jesus talking about? What kind of meat is Jesus talking about? Well, he tells us, thankfully. We're not shooting from the hip here. I told you, just listen past me, get to the word, you'll be all right. Jesus gave us the answer to that question. John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus saith unto them, my meat, this is what I'm chewing on, guys. This is what I'm eating. 
is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That's an important piece. Two things, two things on my plate right now. Number one, I want to do the will of God. Number one, I want to be I want to do the will. I want to please God in everything I say, everything I do. But I'm not done until I complete my plate. Number two, to finish his work. I'm not just doing. I'm not just occupying, Brother Goff. I have a goal in mind. I have a purpose. I know when the mark, Jesus as our perfect example, amen, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, knew what the will of God was for him. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man cometh, uh, Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. I mean, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise that all should come to repentance. If you're wondering what the will of God is, I just read it for you. Amen. God gave us his promises distinctly for the purpose that we would, amen, preach this gospel that so any that would be perished would not be perished. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. Uh, amen. Jesus didn't just come to earth, uh, amen, and to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, amen. But he finished the work. Yeah. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 48 uh, and 40. Let's just skip to verse 49. He said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? Don't you know that I'm I'm at work here? I'm working. I'm not just fooling around. I'm doing the king's business. I'm doing the king's work. This is the king's meat, child of God. Amen. Jesus is revealing to us, uh, amen, throughout his ministry what exactly the king's meat is. Uh, in John chapter 19, verse 30, he didn't just occupy. He didn't just say it. Uh, he didn't just mince words. Uh, but in John chapter 19, verse 30, the Bible says, Jesus therefore had received the vinegar. He said, it is finished. It's finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. Backing up a couple, Sister Jasmine. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. He's bringing in the fruit. This is how you glorify the Father. You bring in the fruit. So Jesus saying, Lord, take a look at the fruit that I am bearing so that I can glorify you. Verse 2, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Wow. Verse 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I, I've done it. I'm finished. You think I'm just made? He said, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. I'm, doing the, I'm eating the king's meat. Not only just doing the will of the Father, but I'm finishing. Child of God. 
Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Pastor Regan has already declared this year as the year of promises. Amen. Lord is not slack. God is not worried about the fact that Bishop Brigham has declared that as the year for 2022. Not worried about that. Amen. He's, he's capable of fulfilling every promise. He's not slack concerning his promises. He's long-suffering, actually. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, to us word. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Philippians chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye, are, ye all are partakers of my grace. Paul is telling the Philippians, he will perform it in you. He'll perform it through you. Whatever work that you set out to do for the kingdom of God, he's not asking you, amen. God is not interested during this harvest time, during this season of harvest. We're not looking, amen, for folks to sit on their haunches. Not looking for folks to stand idly in the marketplace saying, hey, pick me, pick me. You're not useful in the marketplace. Where you're useful is in the field. Where you're useful is out there swinging the sickle. Where you're useful is out there cleaning the equipment. That's where you're useful. Amen. And it's work. I think Brother Nelson is the one that preached a few months ago. Work is spelled W-O-R-K. That's absolutely right. What we're involved in right now, and I'm, I'm here to give you a, a uh, unashamed warning that work is about to pick up. It's about to, our load's about to double. Our load's about to triple. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Wish you not that I must be about my father's business. Didn't you know, Mom, this is where you could find me. I'm not going to be out there on the playground. I'm not out there mowing around in the street. I'm in the, yard. I'm in the field. I'm in the vineyard. I'm out there working for the master. I'm out there working for the, for the father. I'm out there working for the king. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish what I started. I'm not just going to get out here and kick things around and do things, amen, here and there and make a little progress today and maybe a little progress. No, no, no. I've got a goal in mind. Amen. Harvest time is almost up. Amen. There's going to come a day, child of God, when harvest time is over. Oh, I wish somebody was hearing me. I want, I want to convey a sense of urgency. And this is where the burden, amen, that God has given me, amen, falls. Amen. So I don't want to drop the ball in these last few minutes before we conclude the service. Amen. But First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 11 says that ye study, that you study to be quiet and to do your own business. Each of us have respective responsibilities. Each of us have our own responsibilities and obligations to work with our own hands. 
Oh, somebody help me tonight. Amen. As we commanded you, these are not just, if you want to be in the, the, the master's field, if you want to be a laborer, hey, friend, it's work. Amen. We're about the king's business. Amen. If we're going to finish this job, we better get to work. Amen. If we're going to finish what we started, we got to keep working. Amen. The, the clock is ticking. Amen. The day is setting. Amen. The time is leaving. Child of God, we've got to work. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You've got your business, uh, and I've got my business. Uh, amen, you're in your row, and I'm in my row. Amen, but we're trying to accomplish uh, the same thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I find the, the correlation between Daniel's prophecies, uh, amen, and what he says in Daniel chapter 8, verse 27, and I, Daniel, fainted. Amen, the man was working. Amen, the man was working in the spirit uh, and was sick certain days. But afterward, I rose up and did the king's business. Amen, I, I got a little tired because I was working so hard. Amen, this was immediately following, amen, one of the prophetic visions. Amen, he was wasn't satisfied to lay up in bed for the next couple of weeks, but he was busy. Oh, somebody help me tonight. Hallelujah. We're about done. Amen. We're almost finished, but I want to drive this final point home. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall not stand. I mean, he shall stand before kings. He shall stand before mean men. That word mean does not mean uh, angry or hateful men. That means obscure or insignificant or low men. Amen. The the ones that are going to stand before kings are the ones that are working, the ones that are diligent about their business, the ones that are not lazy, the ones that don't roll over, amen, in their beds, but they're the ones that get up and get to work. Hallelujah. Make no mistake. I'm not preaching about a secular job. I'm not preaching about the kind of job that brings you a monetary gain. I'm talking about the king's meat. I'm talking about the king's business. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. I've got to get this burden off of my heart. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 16 says, When I applied mine heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is that neither day nor night see asleep with his eyes when I applied when I tried when I put my shoulder into it there was a time amen where I couldn't even go to sleep I couldn't even find rest for my weary eyes but I had to work amen time was passing brother golf amen time is passing church oh, oh hallelujah hallelujah then then I beheld all the work of God <clears throat> that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. Because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, further, though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. I'm here to tell you there's more work that we can imagine. I'm not trying to be hopeless here, but we got to get some help. The, the harvest is plenteous. Amen. But the laborers are few. When I thought about the work of God, amen, the wise men said, amen, that man cannot find out the work that is done or that is to be done even. 
There's so much work. If I spent every day, every moment of every hour, amen, working and working, amen, I couldn't do it on my own. Child of God, we've got to get out there into the fields and reap the fruit that is readily, that is plentifully available, amen, so that they can get into the field and reap, amen, the harvest that remains plentiful and available. Hallelujah. Amen. If the musicians can please come. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, we read of two instances where two individual men were designated, were called specifically, amen, to complete a work. Amen. Moses and Solomon. Each of these men have been given the same task, amen, to construct the edifice that God's Spirit would move in. Amen. We've been given the task, amen, to construct a place for His Spirit to come in and dwell and move and help us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Sister Lydia, they didn't stop until the job was done. They didn't stop until the job was done. The Bible talks about how God anointed men. God gave men special capabilities, cunning, crafty men to build his house. Hey, that's you. That's me. God has given us the ability. God will anoint us and give us the ability and the grace to go and to build this place. Hey, I mean, I think sometimes we get so focused on the glory that falls in chapter 7 of 2 Chronicles and we forget about all the work that happens before. We get focused on the glory that falls in Exodus chapter 40 and we forget about all of Exodus. There was a lot of work. There was a lot of work. Amen. But if we read, I mean, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to hurry. In Exodus chapter 40 verse 33, he reared up the court. This is Moses and the tabernacle. Round about the tabernacle and the altar. And set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Moses finished. He didn't just start. He didn't just put in a good college effort. He didn't just give it his best. He was a finisher. I mean, same with Solomon. In 2 Chronicles chapter 8, verse 16, Now all the work... Of Solomon was prepared unto the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord. And until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was perfected. It's not complete. It's not perfected until we're finished. Second Kings chapter 12 verse 14. If we could all stand. Even when the temple had to be repaired. It wasn't just a slap shod job. God was not satisfied until they finished the work. 2 Kings chapter 12, verse 14, but they gave that to the workmen and repaired therewith the house of God. Yeah, I, I got so much here, I'm trying to skip through. Amen. But the Levites, as they worked on the house of God, on a daily basis, there was work. It was work. It was work. It wasn't just 
just a, I could just show up for church and man, everything was so nice and enjoyable. I could go to the, the brazen laver as a priest and wash my hands and cleanse the tooling. No, there was somebody there that was cleaning, polishing the brazen laver. There was someone there polishing and cleaning and keeping up the equipment that was associated with the tabernacle and the temple. And if we're going to be effective when they come, when the congregation comes, I mean, that, the, the, the temple and the tabernacle were the busiest one time a year when everybody had to come and offer their, their offerings and their sacrifices of sin offerings and, and, and roll their, their things ahead another year. Amen. There's going to come a time, there's a season and time when all of our equipment has to be ready. Everything has to be ready to go. So that way, when they come, it's a well-oiled machine. Things just happen. They, somebody's praying for the Holy Ghost. Somebody's needing a healing. Somebody is needing deliverance. Hey, brother, I'll pray for you. I'll teach a Bible study to you. Amen. I'll do whatever it takes. Talking about the king's meat. Talking about serving up the king's meat. Trying to make, make this available to everybody that will. Trying to make this available. Amen. Church, you have to understand the urgency that was in Jesus' voice. Uh, when he looked to the disciples. Amen. After verse 34, he said, uh, the king's meat, my meat, is to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. That's my meat. Two things. Not just to do it. Doing it is important. But finishing it. It's just as important. And then he, he adjusts his point and goes on to the disciples and goes on and says, Say not ye, there are yet four months. And then cometh the harvest, you can begin to play. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Look right now. Right, you don't have to wait four months. Look over there. Look right now. Look on the fields. For they are white already. They're all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. What a reward. So much promise to those of us who are willing to labor. So much, amen, reward for those of us who are willing to work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap the, that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. You have to understand this is this is work. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, time is not your own. If you're on the farm and it's harvest time, time is not your own. You don't get to set your schedule. You better be out in the field or you're off the farm. You better be out there working or you're not going to be here any longer. Unless you're the, the lazy one in the family. Everybody just despises you. That's 
somewhat of a joke. I'm not. I'm... Come on, church. This is a family effort. We've got to all pull together. We are entering into harvest season. We're entering into a time that's going to require everybody's help. That's going to require all hands. Well, you say, Brother Jared, I can't really do much. I can't sing. I can't teach. I can't. Let me tell you something. You go ask this man, he will find you something to do. <laughs> and I'm being serious. I know that's kind of humorous to say. Brother Goff has a plate full of the king's meat. <laughs> He's got some, some he can divvy out a little bit. He could share. I could share. Brother Nelson could share. Mom and Dad, I'll, I'll make a shameless plug right now. Thursday evening, you ought to be here with your notepads and pens ready because there is a bunch of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. Hallelujah. We're not just making stuff up. I like how you emphasize what I just said just then. Amen. This is not just people ideating and making things up. This is the king's business. We're not trying to further an agenda. We're trying to accomplish the king's work. Oh, I forgot. Sister Goff's got quite a bit of work too. She could use some help. <laughs> hey, if we all pull together... Oh, man, we could, get, we could get something done. I'm telling you, we, I've seen this church in action. I've seen this church, Truth Conference, and I believe it was, I can't remember, it was 2019 or 2020. What, 19? If it was 2019, man, what a flow. There was, a, there was just a, a beautiful a spirit of unity here. Church, uh, I'm calling on this church. Uh, hey, let's go to the field. Let's go out and get to work. There's so much to be done. Amen. If we produce fruit, uh, amen, there's more where that came from. There's there's more where that came from. There's so much available. Amen. If we're going to be about the king's business, hallelujah. Amen. These altars are open. I'm not asking for you to come up here and repent. I don't think there's anything, amen, to repent of. I mean, that, that's between you and God, honestly. But, but what I'd like to do, amen, is encourage this church, amen, in unity, amen. The one who owned the field said, why stand ye here all the day idle? I don't want to be the one in the marketplace idle. I want to go into the field. I want to go to work. I, I've got work to do. There are some, in verse 12, he says of Matthew 20, These have wrought one hour, thou hast made them equal, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. There have been some in the field that have borne the heat of the day. I wonder if there's anybody, amen, that's willing to get into the field with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You can use anything. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. If you can use it, he, he, he who goes out weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtly turn again. Joy. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. My, 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 my God. Oh, 
Come on, church. Let's get to work. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, what can I do? I want to help. I want to get out there. I'll teach a Bible study. I'll knock doors. I'll go to the park and talk to people there. I'll do whatever it takes. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's return to the house of bread. Oh, you can Jesus. Use anything, Lord, Lord you can use me. Oh, take these feeble hands. You can use Lord, anything, take this Lord, feeble mind. Take this feeble heart. I, I want to read somebody. I want to help take somebody. Hands, I want to teach take somebody. Hallelujah. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me. You can use anything. Yeah, I feel the Holy Ghost. God is here. Amen. To anoint some cunning, some crafty men and women to make you capable to do His work. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, Sister Janessa. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Come on, Sister Lydia. God wants to anoint you. God wants to use you. Sister Jasmine, yield to God. He'll use you. Sister Sarah, Sister London. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Use me, use me, use me, Jesus. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Come on, make your commitment right now. God, I'm available. Tell me where to go. I'm going. I'm working. Mom and dad, you know where you you can can find me. I'll be about the Father's business. I'll be doing the King's work. Oh, I'll do His will. I'll finish His work. I'll do His will. I'll finish the work. I feel the Holy Come on, church. Let's be responsive to the Holy Ghost as He works in this house tonight. Amen. If you see somebody praying, amen, get under a burden for them. Hallelujah, Jesus. Touch my heart. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. Come on, the Holy Ghost. See you right now. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow through this place. God, let your grace, God, enable your people. God, use us, God, to accomplish your will. God, to finish your work, Jesus. Take my hands, 
touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, church, it's time to make time for the kingdom of God. It's time to clear our plate. God, I'm going to be available. I'm ready to work in the harvest. I'm going, God. I'm going, God. I'm going. Oh, I still feel the Holy Ghost moving. Lord Jesus, I'm committing myself, my time. I know it may not be advantageous to myself or to my flesh, but God, I'm going to submit myself to you. I want you to have your way. I want to complete your work. I want to do what you called me to do. I want to be busy in the kingdom of God. I want to do your will. I want to finish your work. 